Lost the weight upon my shoulder. Now it's easier to walk. I can see the road before me. I am not afraid to fall. Hello, welcome to the podcast today.、Uh, we're excited to have、um, Nick and Janessa Watcott. Hi, guys. Hello. How are you? Hi. Good. We're excited to have you on.、Um, I met Nick and Janessa. Our sons played football together a long time ago. My son's a year younger, but、um, they were on the same football team for a little bit. So, And then I always would see you around at the baseball fields and football fields with all your boys playing sports. And... Yep. Yeah, that was fun. That was like the first year of, I think, of scout football when, when Coleman was on that team, too. Yeah, he was the littlest and the youngest. And... Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was fun. And he still, that's his main love today is football. So, which I think that's Drew too, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But that just seems like it just was, it just goes so fast. It's nuts. <laughs> I know. It is crazy. Like, yeah, because they're both in high school now and playing high school sports. So, that's awesome. All right, Lindsay will read a bio about Nick and Janessa and then we'll get into their story. All right. Janessa Watcott grew up in Sandy, Utah, and met and fell in love with Nick shortly after she graduated from high school. She is the mother of five boys, two of whom have passed away. Cole, her second son, passed away when he was a week old due to complications in his heart. And Nixon, her fourth son, passed away when he was seven years old after battling osteosarcoma, a type of bone cancer. Janessa spends her time raising and supporting her boys, Drew, who is 16, Hudson, who is 13, and Jet, who is 8. She runs the Nixon Strong Foundation, which was founded by her son Nixon alongside her husband Nick. Nick Watcott grew up in West Jordan, Utah. After serving a mission in the Dominican Republic, he came home, met, and married Janessa. Nick owns goat haircuts and helps manage the Nixon Strong's foundation. When not working, he can be found、um, on the football field or baseball field where he coaches his son's teams. So thanks、yeah. for the descriptions. So, what, what high school did you go to, Janessa? I went to Oh, okay, I went to Alta. So when you said Sandy, I'm like, oh, I wonder if we、yeah. overlapped. But yeah, close by. <laughs> yeah. Long time ago. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, I know. It seems so long ago. I know, it's nuts.、Um, yeah, so I actually saw your. We had、um, Mason and Sam on from the 1090 podcast.、Oh, and、yeah. I saw your episode that you guys were on with them. And that was really good. They're really great guys. They're, they're, they're awesome. awesome. They're、yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, they were so fun. And. It was a、Obviously、really good conversation. powerful conversation. Yeah, yeah. But also, like in between, I was like, how do we laugh through this? Something so hard, but yet they would like make jokes. They were funny. Like... Yeah, they were. <laughs> and just cool guys. Yeah, yeah they were great. Yeah, they're truly like inspiration of how they've handled everything they've been through in life. Good people to look up to. Yeah,、mm-hmm. which is obviously the same with you guys. I mean, when we first started the podcast, I think we were kind of deciding like people we already knew who we could have on and. You were at the top of my list because I just knew you guys had done such great things with the Nixon Strong Foundation and helped so many people. I was like, let's time it so we, hopefully we can get people to、um, donate and be a part of the baseball tournament. I know Coleman has been part of that before and we've been in it. It's a super great event. Yeah, that's cool. And I'm excited to finally meet you guys because I've heard of the Nixon Strong Foundation. We, I feel like we have several neighbors who yeah, like, always wear the sweatshirts. Yeah, and, and I've seen like stickers、that. on cars. And yeah, so I have just been looking forward to this. So, oh, that's great. Well, thanks for having us on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure.、Um, maybe talk about when you met and just your life, just a little、background. bit about your life、yeah. and background. 
You want me to do that? I can. I mean, well, Janessa and I, I was actually playing football down at Dixie and then came up in the summer and um, my aunt set me up with Janessa and it was funny because I was like, well, I trusted my aunt. My aunt cut her hair and she, this was a blind date. I'd never really been on a blind date. So I'm like, well, is she like cute or is she hot? And so <laughs> my aunt's like, well, she'll be hot. I'm like, okay, I trust you. I'm like, I'm in. All so right. I was up for the summer, um, actually from, from, from playing football and met her. Janessa was supposed to go to Utah State. And what's crazy is I ended up going down to Dixie and then turned around and basically came home. And then Janessa and I got married. <laughs> so it's a crazy. crazy story. Um, we've actually been married for 20 years this week. We're going to be married for 20 oh, years. Oh, wow. Oh, Happy anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously we've had, Janessa's had five boys. Um, so as you know, that comes with a lot of like, crazy sports at least with my kids with sports and it's a lot of fun but life's been great um regardless of all the things we've kind of been through in life for the most part i'd say that we've got an awesome life so anyways that's kind of our little story been lucky yeah that's awesome yeah Yeah. i always um feel that like when i'm around you guys like you know your kind of love and like almost like admiration for each other probably going through something hard like that you see how each other has handled it and i feel like when my son Peyton was sick as a baby. Um, I feel like it, it worked out. Like when I was having like a hard, bad day, I feel like Nate was strong. And when Nate was kind of having a back, bad day, hard times getting through it, like, you know, is he going to get better? Is he going to, you know, whatever. And then I would be like stronger. We kind of help each other out there. And I kind of see that with couples. Like it's good to see, you know, that those things are so hard and it can be hard in a marriage as well. And I always um, have just kind of felt your guys' like love and friendship and admiration for each other, just kind of being around you and you're, cute family and I think you just you have to you have to learn to like lean on each other and figure it out and I mean statistically like through losing kids and having problems you know with things like that like divorce is huge like that's that's no question I mean it is a hard thing but I think one thing we've learned is like the only person who knows what you're going through is your spouse like they're going through the exact same thing so if you think about that and you're able to like lean on each other, then that helps so much more than playing like the victim role or nobody gets it or things like that. So yeah, I have read about that, that, um, yeah, the divorce is huge when people lose a child and it's a lot to do with like judging the other person of how they're healing or how they're Mm -hmm. grieving. Yeah. And so if you can just grieve together and accept each other's ways of dealing with it and grieving, yeah, then it can become more of a partnership and helping each other. So that's for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like maybe tell us your, I mean, I, your boys' names and ages and kind of the order of things. Yes. Yeah, so I have, so we have, so Drew is our oldest. He's our firstborn. He's 16. Um, he's great, incredible kid. Then we have, um, our second son was Cole. He was born, he had a block in his aortic arch, so he wasn't getting blood supply to his brain and he just had a couple other complications so we ended up having to take him off life support when he was a week old and then we have Hudson who um, is 13 I want to say 14 he's way too mature for his age he's a great kid and then um, Nixon was our next who was born and he um, he was a great just dynamic kid he passed away when he was seven from osteosarcoma and then we have Jet who's our youngest who is eight and he is 
a spitfire, a little baller, and acts like he's a teenager, loves to be like the big kids. So our house is <laughs> full of boys doing sports, which we love. I mean, keep them busy. It teaches them a lot of different things, and I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, I mean, being around your boys, just watching when Drew would play with Coleman, and just they were just such cute, fun kids, lots of energy. Um, yeah, Nixon, he was just such a friendly, cute kid, and always like, I don't know, playing with something, some adventure, some yeah. toy with him, some dressed up some way. Like, he had the best imagination. Yeah, he was. We miss that. Yeah. And then Nate, my husband, really enjoyed um, coaching Drew. He said he was just such a good kid and a leader and really like coachable and a nice kid to the other, you know, to his teammates and obviously a really good athlete. So he enjoyed coaching him. Yeah. We've been lucky. We have, we have great kids. So, I mean, I mean, all kids have their problems or whatever, but we honestly have the best kids around. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, maybe you could tell us, you know, whatever you want to talk about, um, Nixon's like diagnosis. I, you know, I've read your stuff on the Nixon strong webpage, just kind of your, well, I, well, first of all, I want to say, I think it's amazing that Nixon, I saw the, you know, the little video of him, like that he got to be a part of this. It wasn't after he passed, like he got to be a part of it before he passed, which I think is really yeah. awesome. And in your bio, you said that. So I was curious to learn more about that. That's really neat. Yeah. But maybe if we back mm-hmm. up and talk a little bit about his um, diagnosis and go ahead. You do it. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Okay. So, um, so Nixon, so he, it was back in 2018. It was January time-ish. Um, he'd been complaining about leg pain and he was, six at the time. And so, you know, I had other kids and we just kind of thought it was growing pains. Um, that's the typical age where they have growing pains. They hurt at night. Um, he was in like basketball and wrestling and with a house full of boys are constantly all over the place doing dumb things. And so we just were like, ah, he probably hurt it or it's growing pain. So after a couple weeks, it continued on, it got worse. So we were getting ready to go down to a baseball tournament and I was like, let's just run him into the doctor, make sure he didn't hurt his knee or do something weird and just have a peace of mind when we go down there. And so we went to the doctors and I really thought I'm wasting $25 to have them tell me he's a boy. Like, yeah, this is what's wrong with him. We go in and they do an x-ray just to make sure nothing, you know, there didn't have like a hairline fracture or anything. And his doctor comes and he pulls me aside and he's like, you need to take him up to primary children's. And I was like, "Mm, I don't think so. He's like, he has a tumor in his femur. And I was like, what? And I didn't, I didn't really understand what that meant at the time. The only type of cancer I knew about for kids was like either brain cancer or leukemia. And, you know, those pretty seemed like. It just wasn't anything that I was aware of. So we ended up um, going up to primary children's with them that night and doing all sorts of scans and tests and um, found out that it it was bone cancer. And at the time I thought, well, that's no big deal. We'll just cut out the cancer and move on with our way. Like we're great. Like there's, there's not a problem. I didn't really understand the gravity of the situation. And I just thought, oh, it's just, you know, one thing we can handle and we'll just move on with our life. And then when he went in, I think it was that following day, right? To have surgery. Yeah. He had to go in, they took a biopsy of his tumor. And then, um, while they were doing that, they had to put in a port where he would be getting like all of his chemotherapy and his blood draws and everything. And it was that morning or afternoon after his surgery, where we realized, wow, like we are in 
we're in deep trouble. Like this is something that we can't just fix in a couple of weeks. Like we're, this is going to be rough. Do you want to tell them about talking to the doc, the surgeon? Yeah. I mean, I just remember that the main thing for me before it really set in was um, the physician that came out that did the biopsy. He He's kind of a world renowned guy. In fact, since he's, since he's operated on Nixon, he left and he went to uh, be chief of staff at, um, I think it was UC Davis uh, for cancer for kids in in California. But um, I just remember him coming out after after doing that, doing the biopsy and the surgery, and he just um, sat us down and said, "Hey, you know, Nixon needs his leg amputated," and I couldn't really comprehend what that meant at the time I'm like leg amputated he has cancer you know and then he as he went into it more and more and talked about it you know I'll never forget that he said you know he needs his leg amputated but that's really the least of your concerns uh he's he's in for the fight of his life and so at that point is when the reality kind of set in for me and for us I think of the severity of where he was at you know he was diagnosed basically stage four cancer and so, um, you know, what's crazy, if you looked at Nixon, you just would have never thought, I mean, he didn't look sick. There's like, that's the weird thing about some of these weird cancers or diseases. It's like, you can look at somebody and you think, oh, if they're really in, about for their lives, like, you know, why don't they look a certain way? Um, and so it's just crazy to think that, you know, he, here he has stage four cancer he really only started complaining about it in December and it was February and we're like, what? So um, anyways, that's kind of where I knew that uh, things were definitely going to be at a different level and where the gravity of kind of what we were dealing with kind of set in for me. Yeah. yeah. So was that right after that first surgery that like the day after you took him up to primaries that the doctor pulled you aside and told you that? Yeah. Yep. And so. We oh, never- Wow. We kept that on the down low. We didn't let Nixon know like he's going to need his leg amputated because that was just kind of, that was just something we didn't think was right to tell him at the moment. Like, I think just knowing you have cancer, you're going to have to go into the hospital. Like your world is kind of turned upside down. I felt like that was big enough of a shock and awe than to be like, oh, and by the way, you have this to worry about too down the line. So we started chemotherapy. Um, I mean, if you guys have probably heard from other people, it's just a rough go around. I mean, it's just, you're there weeks and weeks and Nick's at home. He's trying to take care of the kids. Baseball season started. So he's trying to coach baseball. He's trying to get them to their games, get them to their practices. I'm stuck at the hospital with Nixon. It was like, our worlds were completely separate. Like he was doing that. I was doing this and we would cross for a couple of days and then I'd be back at the hospital and he'd be back juggling everything else. Mm. So yeah, just, I don't know how we survived that. It I don't was, know. It was, it, yeah, it was kind of crazy to think back of the whirlwind, but the one thing that we didn't want to do was abandon the other kids either. We wanted to obviously be there for Nixon, but um, you know, I just didn't want, their lives to be completely disrupted either to where, I mean, I knew they were going to rally around Nixon and we'd, we'd work through that, that not that they wouldn't be, be there for him, but at the same time, I didn't want them to feel like, you know, their whole lives had turned upside down as well. And so we were trying to balance like, 
allowing them to still do their things in kind of a normal flow and then you know still trying to be there for Nixon as much as possible so that that was a lot of crazy shifting um between me and Janessa and uh, you know the stress load back on thinking about about it was kind of crazy but somehow we managed to do it (laughs) and and but yeah it was it was kind of crazy those for that especially for the first little bit yeah, it's crazy because I think during all of this is when I was around you guys the most, when our sons actually lined yeah. up and played sports together. So yeah. we were there for the diagnosis. We were there for the amputation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, around you guys, you know, seeing yeah. you on a weekly basis and doing your, you know, tag teaming of, yeah, Janessa's at the hospital, Nick's with the kids. Yeah. And I just can't imagine, first of all, the gut punch of that, just thinking that it was growing pains all the way to you know, that, um, it's hard. I mean, yeah, I can't, that's what I was imagining. Like that's a lot to take in in one or two days, Yeah, you know, a lot of information. Yeah. And it's so hard with, when Peyton was in the hospital. So he, his was like similar in a way of like being like, Oh, he's healthy. He was born healthy. Everything's fine. We go home two days later or actually the night, well, I stayed at the hospital two nights and he hadn't really eaten, but they were like, Oh, he'll eat. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Everything looks fine. Took him home. And then he got like a fever, still wouldn't eat took him back to the hospital and they're like, Oh yeah, he's got sepsis. And so it's like, okay, we just give him antibiotics. He's going to yeah. be okay. And then it's just like, he wouldn't get better. And then it was like, actually, no, he has, he has um, meningitis. It went into his brain. Okay. Let's do this other thing, you know? And then it was like, Hey, still not getting better. And then it was like, Hey, you need to go to now looking back, of course we should have gone to primaries immediately. We, we were down in Provo and they're like, Oh, we got this, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then it, so it was like constant, like, um, new things. It was just getting worse and worse instead of thinking, okay, yeah, we're going to go in there and he's going to spend, you know, a week and we're going to do antibiotics and everything's going to be fine. And we're going to go home. And then it was like one thing after another. And that was, then it was like, okay, actually we need to lifelight him tonight, two primaries because he's going to die. And it was like, wait, what? Like we, we thought we were on a path to like getting him better. And then, yeah. you know, so I can just, that, that feeling of like have, being helpless and them actually lifelighting them and us not being able to drive with him and just driving up from Provo to primaries you know, it was like, I don't know. I mean, it's as a parent, you just, yeah, you have no control. Like you cannot control whether he's going to get better. You can't control what the doctors can and can't do. Um, or even that you wished you would have gone sooner or you wished you would have, cause you can't change anything. It's just, it is. And you go and you, we were there probably almost two months, but it did seem like the cancer kids that we would meet as we would walk around the hospital, you know, it's a, it's a long road and it's hard that chemo and being there for, Oh Yeah. So long yeah, and try and- to explain to him. Yeah. Like in little doses, probably, you know, I mean, and he's little, I mean, I, I have eight year old twins right now. And I know you guys said you had an eight year old currently too. So I'm just trying to imagine how that would be, you know, with that age group, like yeah. they're old enough to take in some things, but they're still so innocent and young too, you know, you, uh, anyway, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, we had to progressively like you know, as time went on and things developed, like talk to him about amputating his leg and talk to him about dying and all those things were brutal conversations at times, you know, and like how, you know, I still like look back and, and it's just like, well, how does a six, seven year old kid, you know, take that in and, and just this, his psyche that he had to deal with, with that as a kid, you just sometimes wonder, but we tried to obviously handle it the best we could at the time and, and, and not over scare him or over scare our kids, but also, um, wanted him to understand what he was, 
facing at times, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, it's crazy. Cause you know, you can only go off the information that you have. Like you said, Chantel, you rely upon these physicians and different things. And even if you try to do your research and stuff, I mean, you can really only go off of like the best information you have. And one of the things that I still beat myself up about today is like, man, you know, did we make the right decision on, on doing a rotation plasty, which is basically an amputation on Nixon's leg versus how do we just not that, you know, it's always this, it's, it's always easy to Monday morning quarterback, right? You think, well, if I would have known he would have is going to die, well, then I would have never done that. But at the time before that, you're trying to give him the best shot to survive and beat yeah, him. Yeah, for sure. And you just don't know what those odds are. So you take what you know at the time and then you try to do your best with that information to um, make the right decision. But, you know, I don't know. You it's just it's still like, you know, you doubt things and you wonder, yeah. man, if I had I known that, maybe I would have twisted this. But you don't know it until, you know, it, the kind of the game's over or, or, and then it's easy to assess those things. But throughout the, throughout the, um, throughout going through it, you just kind of do your best and that's really all you can do, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm sure that, I mean, obviously that Nixon probably had his hard times and his hard days, but man, whenever I saw him, he was like the <laughs> smile on his face. Like he had that little bike thing that he would race around the baseball fields. Yeah. And, his army gear and i mean he just looked like he was living his best life yeah. even with his leg amputated and you know and so many people around him like all of these other kids just loving him and i know your families would be at games and just the love was was awesome mm. and that's like one sure. thing like he taught me was just like just in, just love it like and just enjoy it and that's something like we've taken away from it it's just like just just love your life just embrace what you can and just you only got one, so you can either be sad and depressed or just make the most of it. And he made the most of it. So we're yeah. lucky for that. Yeah. So, okay. So you said that was like January-ish when he had the diagnosis. So how long was it until he had to get the amputation? So he had it in May. So leading up to that, we just kind of telling him about like what the chemo ser- chemotherapy was. We just were like, you know what? You've got, you know, bad infection. You're going to get chemotherapy. It's going to go kind of like the old school, like good soldiers versus bad soldiers. You've got bad guys in there. Good soldiers are going to go in, go ahead and kill the cancer, make you better. Um, with the amputation, we kind of related it to he was huge into Navy SEALs. And so we talked about, you know, sometimes when you're in battle, you, you know, guys get their legs amputated. And this is kind of something that you're in this battle and the, you know, the, the bad guys are winning in your leg. Like we, we've got to help you. And so we're going to ampute, we need to amputate it, but you know, that's okay because look at all these amazing soldiers who have had to go through the same horrific things and they've come out, they've made it. And we opened up his eyes to a lot of veterans who have had amputees. We showed him pictures of, I mean, I'm trying to even think we met, yeah, sports guys, we met a couple Olympic people came and talked to him and showed them their amputees. And so we were able to kind of introduce him to this world and kind of show ourselves this world of, you know, it's okay. It's not the end of it. Like you still can do things. And so in May he got his leg amputated and I mean, I don't know. I think it was, it was a good surgery. Like it was successful and it was hard for him though, like learning how to walk and those first 
week that we were there in this in the we had to go to a different unit and it was it was like being in hell it was horrible that first week um trying to get him to walk trying to figure out the pain balancing the pain of the amputation and it was horrible but he pulled through and he did great like that first time of him taking him his steps with his little walker he was so proud of himself and he hmm. battled he battled and worked hard so that he could get back to playing sports. He wanted to get back running. He wanted to figure out how to keep going. And he was amazing at that. Um, Hmm. When we went in to do that surgery, we found out that, so he had his main tumors in his femur and then he had tumors in his lungs, which is typical of osteosarcoma. It usually jumps from a bone to the lungs. And then he had a spotlight up in his arm and at the time, we just thought maybe it was a growth plate because sometimes those light up too. And then um, we found out later that that was actually another tumor. And so considering that his cancer had jumped to so many different places, it wasn't it wasn't good for us. Yeah. And then um, with that, we found out that as he's finishing his chemotherapy treatments after his amputation, that little spot had continued to grow. So it wasn't reacting to the chemotherapy and it was getting more aggressive. So it was the day before his seventh birthday is when we found out that this isn't working anymore. Like the chemotherapy is not killing the cancer like it should be. And we kind of had to take a step back and figure out, okay, what are we gonna do now? Like with bone cancer, you have to physically remove it to get the cancer cells out of it. and we had to have a discussion about, okay, like how much more are we going to start amputating? Like, what are we going to do with him? Yeah. And that was not, not something I ever thought in a million years that we would be having that discussion about. Cause I thought we had it yeah. in the books. Like I thought we're going to amputate his leg, finish the chemotherapy. We're done. Like we're going to be smooth sailing. So that was another like gut check where you're like, wait, this isn't mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. And when was his birthday? What month? It was in August. Okay, August. Okay. Wow. So that's a that year. That's a whole year of like six. A lot of ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah. Six months. We went from he's doing great to your child's probably not going to make it. Yeah. Wow. That's super hard to take in and to, I mean, and you know, and I always think when I've gone, you know, through hard things, like, you know, I lost my mom a couple of years ago. Like, it's not just me that's hurting. Yeah. It's okay. My kids are hurting. They lost their grandma. My dad's hurting. He lost his wife. My sister's hurting. My mom says, you know, it's like so hard to have your own grieving time. And, but then you're grieving because your people, other people you love are grieving, you know, your kids and your parents and each other there's just so much there um yeah 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 like you guys are trying to manage your own grief but then also probably be strong for your kids and strong for him that's just a lot yeah to balance but you both like we were saying earlier like you seem to have an amazing relationship and I don't know just very like composed and um just like this wisdom that I think you probably carried with you through that whole thing so it's admirable. Like, I don't know. It's just yeah. a lot. <laughs> Any parent, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. Just, I think that's yeah. too, like why we want to do this podcast because 
only the people that have gone through something like you've been through can have, you know, your perspective and your wisdom, but it's also good because it can relate to other hard things. So you can help other people with what if you have learned, even just the simple perspective of like, we're happy. Like it's, it's sad and it was hard, but the only way to live your life is like you said, like, like Nixon did like be happy because it's the only one you have. And I think when people are going through those hard, hard moments, when they're, when they're actually in it, it's hard to even imagine being where you guys are at. And that's an example and like a, a hope that people can have. Yeah, no, I appreciate yeah. that. And that's a good point. Just, you know, I think for, for us throughout this process, one of the things that we tried to do was obviously people were generous and kind and um, we had opportunities to go do things with our kids and our, and with Nixon. And, you know, obviously we thought the best, but there were also moments in the back of your head where you're like, I, I don't know how much time I really have with Nixon. And so we basically just decided like nothing's more important than trying to find time to spend with the kids and with Nixon going and doing things and making memories. And so we, we'd done that several times and some of them, some of them were obviously through foundations, make a wish. And we went to another foundation, um, where Nixon got to go hunt. We went through a, a number of different things that, um, and had these opportunities to do things. And then some was just on our own, um, going to Disneyland or Hawaii or on a cruise. And so we tried to do that. And I'm really grateful for the fact that we have those things. And so when you talk about perspective, you know, when you talk about, we talked with Nixon about wanting to, he's like, I want to, I want to be able to help other kids go do these fun things. And when you talk about perspective, at least for, for myself and Jan, like I remember just, you know, you'd hear other cancer kids stories and I felt like as much as we were going through, we were blessed in a lot of ways because we had support. We had amazing community support. We had friends and family. We had, I had a job that supported us and they were so gracious and kind to, with my schedule and, um, you know, all those things, but unfortunately not everybody has that. And, you know, as you go through that and you see different families and meet different kids, they don't all have that same opportunity, nor do they, nor do they have the financial means to be able to go do things. I mean, I remember, uh, uh the nurse telling me about one girl that was, uh, 10 or 11 and her mom would drop her off to do chemotherapy by herself. And, she had to go do chemo on her own. And it wasn't that her mom didn't want to be there. It's the fact that her mom had to go to work and she was the breadwinner and the only support system that she had. And if she didn't go to work, she wouldn't have a job to be able to help her. So when you talk about perspective, it's like, that's why Nixon wanted to do the foundation because he knew that there were other kids that, you know, could go do cool things and fun things in their lives that, as they were dealing with cancer, they could still go do other things. And that's kind of been our perspective and philosophy with the foundation is how can we bless other families um, or other kids who are dealing with things. And now that we've been through something like that, we can turn it and pay it forward to say, well, what can we do knowing what we know now to be able to help them in their lives um, and specifically the kids and especially knowing that if you know somebody that's kind of on their last last chance to be, you know, especially kids, like this is their last shot to go make memories with their families, 
you know, that's kind of us, what we wanted the foundation to be about or opportunities like that, not R&D money, not that type of stuff, but things that can actually have an impact on them making memories and finding some hope or joy in the process that they've been through um, to get a break from cancer. And so that's that's the whole purpose of why we did the foundation. Just when you talk about that, it's just, um, you know, it all is perspective because it kind of allows you to just see things differently through what you've been through, right? So yeah. anyways, I just shared that. Yeah, no, yeah that's I love great. that. So then what was your kind of, who was the first person, like, you know, maybe the first child you were able to help? What was that connection? I love this. Uh, So our first girl, that first little friend that we sent on a trip, her name was Allie. She was friends with Nixon at the hospital. Um, We met her up there. She had relapsed her cancer. So I think she had gotten it when she was four and then she had relapsed again when she was 10. So her family had been battling it forever. And so, um, after Nixon passed, I still kept in touch with some of the parents and stuff. And I saw how her family was doing and how much, you know, I could see like she was in the hospital again and she was doing more treatments. And I just decided to reach out to her mom and I was like, Hey, like, you know, let's, let's send you guys somewhere. You guys need a break. You need to, you know, her last make a wish when she was, when she was three or four. And her mom was just like, oh, you know, we can't travel right now. All of our money's tied up in chemotherapy and medical bills. And I was like, let's just get you guys out on a trip somewhere. And so we ended up flying her and our family out to California and they went to Disney World and she had a dream to swim with dolphins. So we sent them to SeaWorld and she got to have go and meet dolphins and go swimming with them. And it was just a great thing because it was that immediate connection that it was one of Nixon's friends. Yeah. yeah. And um, she ended up passing away later that year. And it was great because we knew, I knew what her mom needed. I knew what her family needed. And to be able to give them that last, you know, experience with her and those memories that that I know will last a lifetime that that, that family needed because I know, because we, we had that. So that was the best experience was to be able to give that to her. And it was because of Nixon, because Nixon wanted to do this. That's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it is true. I think memories, I mean, that's what you have. So you want to give that to people. I mean, if their memory is being in the hospital, instead of being able to see her dream of swimming with dolphins, I mean, that's probably so, that's a good memory for their family for the mom and yeah and I was just thinking about how I mean vacations family vacations are great for anyone but when you're in that like and not that I've ever experienced it but imagining being in that like monotony and the and the trauma and all that of being at the hospital constantly and going through you know all the appointments and things just to be able to get away and leave the whole state that that's all associated with and just go have that time together I'm sure it's just so valuable and healing and connecting so I think that's amazing that you guys are providing that that's really great so then from there you just kind of have grown it right like been able to just put it out there because I feel like Lindsay said I mean the you see them everywhere like Mm -hmm. you see the Nixon strong stickers and people wearing their clothes and I think it's really cool being in this community 
Yeah, and it's neat because even the kids, like my daughter is in seventh grade, she's 13, and I'm not sure who she heard about it from, but she somehow was talking about the Nixon Strong, and I'm like, oh, we get to talk to them. This is just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Might have been the Clausens. Oh, you yeah, guys the know the Clausens? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, and how like, she's friends with their son, Jordan. Yeah, and so somehow she, so anyway, it's just neat because I think about, it's like touching kids, you know, parents, adults, children, like everyone, it's just a way for people to know, like, this is a story that kind of lives on and his, and you guys are supporting other families and it's just a neat way to get the whole community involved. So yeah, that's great. It gets super cool. Just kind of grow, grown organically. I mean, we did the first, first time we did was like, let's keep it going. And we did the baseball tournament again, the baseball Mm -hmm. community was so awesome to him. And, um, and so, uh, we just kind of grew it from there. And then that's been a primary fundraiser. Then obviously we've had other schools, um, high school specifically um two years ago we had harriman high the year before last year we had corner canyon and those kids and their communities rallied and raised tons of money and just it's allowed us to keep um continuing to do things um and grow it and uh, honestly just help more kids and more families and um that's been awesome to keep continuing to be able to do things for all different things like we've done uh, service dog uh, we've done mm-hmm. like trips we just sent a girl to a taylor swift concert in las vegas so just oh, yeah. like that i mean we've done we've done um medical bills as well i mean there's all kinds of things and the, the funds have gone back to help um but uh for sure it's been awesome to you know directly benefit the the, the kids is what we want to see the most like benefit go back to them to be able to find some joy like you said in the process of like getting out of the monotony of dealing with it yeah and I think that everybody wants to help others so when you're given that chance and an easy like a way of like oh I know that I can you know donate to Nixon Strong and I know what it's going to or what it's for um recently I've had I had a relative relative and a friend um lose um family to suicide and I had met my friend had lost her husband to suicide so I met met, went to California to visit her and I just you know we were just talking and we were sitting we were in Palm Springs and I was like you just need to get away from yeah your monotony and you're just come and let's go to Palm Springs and we were sitting by the pool and she's like and it had been oh four or five months since it happened and it was hard she has four kids and she was trying to figure out how to manage their life and um sorry (laughs) she they're just sitting by the pool and she's like this is the most peace I have felt since he died like I haven't been able to take a breath like I can't I'm just deep in like trying to figure out finances and kids and how to help them and so I was talking to my husband because I'd also lost my niece and nephew lost their dad to suicide the year before and I was like man we have got to do something like they just need a break from this like they just need a break and so people are just generous because we just reached out to friends of my friend in California and then relatives and friends of my niece and nephew and just said, Hey, who can donate? Like, we just want to send them on a trip. Like they just need to like take a breath and get away from just the, you know, the, I don't know, like the every day, the, yeah. 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 They and just spend time together. Yeah, yeah. Be together as a family, not have the reminders, not have the, you know, and I know it's bittersweet. It's like bittersweet. Cause you're enjoying this time away but the person you love is not there either but so it's like this hard you know mm-hmm. think it's almost like after um, a hard thing and so um i just think and but so many people are so generous i mean we just 
asked, like, who can help send these guys on a trip? And, like, so quickly we had plenty of money to send them both to the places they wanted to go with their kids, you know. And so, yeah, I think people want to help. They want ways to help. And then it's just so important to those families to have, you know, the break and the memories and whatever it is they need. It is. Yeah, Yeah, it's awesome you guys did that. And this, and I love that this is bringing in, you know, the, the child with the cancer, like giving them those memories too. I mean, yeah, it's just so neat. So it's the primary way you guys raise the funds is through the base, the tournament. I'm not as familiar with it. So maybe you could tell, I mean, you kind of mentioned a few of the ways, but yeah, how can people get involved? And- yeah, that's obviously our best fundraiser of the year that we do. Okay. Um, and we just host a baseball tournament uh, in South Jordan. Typically, we've always done it in South Jordan. Um, and uh, this year's is June 8th through the 10th. Um, and then uh, that's that's how we raise money. So we okay. every year varies on the amount of teams, but um, that's been one of the best fundraisers we've done. So it, it definitely all goes back to the kids or their families. So all the proceeds. And it's kind of we try to make it into more of an event. Um, and you know, you can go to a baseball tournament and just show up to the field, but we try to make it into more of a fun event, uh, type of a thing. So anyways, that's, that's been our main fundraiser so far of what we've done. Um, we do get some corporate sponsors. So if there are companies that want to help corporate sponsor, I mean, there's still things that we obviously have to pay for. Uh, we pay for umpire fees. We pay for all, you know, different fees to run the tournament, but, um, Anyway, so it's been awesome, though. It's a lot of fun, and, uh, yeah, we, we, we really enjoy doing it. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. We want yeah, that would be something. We want to try to make it fun because, like we said, like when Nixon was diagnosed, it was right during baseball season, and he passed away right at the end of baseball season. So all throughout baseball, like we had teams, you know, wearing little Nixon Strong stuff or ribbons or things like that. And so we wanted to just be able to give back to these kids and just be like, thanks. Thanks for caring about them. Thanks for supporting them. And so we try to do it as a way also to just tell them like the community, thank you. Like, thanks for being there for us. And we try to do fun things like have food trucks or auctions or just other things just to stand out as a way of just thanking them also for their support. Yeah, it's a great tournament. Coleman's team has been a part of it. My nephew's team has been a part of it. And it's a, yeah, a good event and a good way to. Okay, so different teams sign up. Like, I wasn't yeah. sure how the tournament worked. Yep, they just sign up. And um, if, you know, if, if, you're, if most people are familiar with baseball that are doing tournaments, yeah, you just pay the fee and then uh, play in the oh, tournament. Oh, right. Like, a, okay, yeah. sorry. I was being a little, I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a tournament. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm not that clueless with sports. I love how you come off as I am. Don't worry. Okay. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. The different team. Okay. That's so cool. But I was just like, oh, I would love to go. So yeah. I, anyway, we'll have to try to yeah, you're more go with there. families oh, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Come get some lunch. So, for sure. Yeah. That would It'll be, be fun. Trucks and stuff. So yeah. 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 That's really cool. So yeah. So if you can support, yeah. Go on. You can go on the website too. Is it just nixonstrong.org? It's nixonstrongfoundation.org, and that's okay. where they can sign up for the tournament, or that's where anybody can always make make a donation as well. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, just a donation or sign up, or, yep. yeah, you guys have and all the gear you can buy. I was going to say you have, like, apparel and stuff, because it would be fun to even support yeah, it that way. Stuff. Yeah, 
That'd be cool. Getting new stuff in. Usually right around the tournament is where we get all of like our new shirts and hats and everything. So I've, I've got to think if we have some on that, we might have some stuff from last year online, but we'll be getting new stuff in June for sure for the tournament. Okay. That's awesome. So do you guys have a, when's, um, like a family that you're helping right now or someone recent that you've sent somewhere? Yeah. So like we said, we just sent a girl, to, uh, it was a bucket list trip for her to change. Oh yeah. And then this morning, actually we flew a family out to Florida. There's a, um, there's a childhood cancer retreat that a lot of families go to, um, all across the nation and they needed help flying out there because flights are so expensive. So we oh, crazy yeah. right now yeah. for them to go spend a week in Florida to go get away for family. Um, this kid is 16. He's just relapsed. And so they are going to be starting some pretty, um, serious chemotherapy and all sorts of treatments in the next couple of weeks. So they wanted to run away and have a break before they had to battle that. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. It always feels good to not be alone. So if you meet other kids with cancer, yeah, then you can just feel like, okay, I'm not the only kid with cancer. I'm not the only kid that life's changing or slowing down. Or Yeah, yeah especially for a teenager, I feel like that support is probably really helpful. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy. When I first started this, I thought I didn't realize, like I knew we had a lot of cancer kids just from being at the hospital and knowing other moms and stuff. But I'm just shocked every year. It's just it doesn't stop. Like every week I'm part of like a Facebook group of just cancer moms here in Utah. And every week it's add another mar or add another mom, add another mom, her child's been diagnosed. And it's just, it's just devastating. Like to think like it just keeps happening. Like I, I don't know why I thought it would ever end with Nixon. I'd be like, Hey, he's done. Like, you know, we've sacrificed all of our kids to the cancer gods. We're done. But it's right. not like it just doesn't ever stop. So being able to like, raise these funds because I know it's, it's not going to stop. There's going to, this isn't the last bucket list trip. We're going to ever send a kid on. This isn't the last funeral we're going to pay for. Like, it's just so many people need help. And so being able to do that and not stress about it and just being like, okay, you need six flights to Florida. Okay. Tell me your names. We'll get them booked. And it's yeah. nice to be able to do that. That's really cool. That's huge. And it is so true. It's like, you just want it to be like, okay, we, we did this, so it's done. Like, no more cancer, no more, yeah. you know. But that, unfortunately, that's not the case. I know they made lots of strides and different things, but. I know, I know. I was just thinking, oh, man, that's a whole other, like, like the research and all that. I mean, I don't know, but oh, you just hope that the doctors and the researchers can be making progress for it because everyone knows someone and you're just like, they need, they, there needs to be more. For sure. Yeah. Advances, yeah. Yeah, advances, sure. yeah. Um, maybe you guys could tell us a little bit, like, what are some of the, th I know you've mentioned a few things, some of the things that Nixon taught you during his life. Oh, you want to go or you want me to go? Or? You can go first. Oh. I think, you know, for me, there, there's a lot, um, just through the whole process and Nixon too, I think, you know, we, you cut, you guys kind of talked about it earlier is he, no matter, you know, the thing about him is even when life was brutal in the face to him he still found ways to smile and um laugh and his you know just his just the way he was in fact we miss that a lot his personality and the way he was but um regardless of you know how he felt he always still tried to have a smile on his face 
Um, but you know, there's a lot of this things that this, from a perspective standpoint, taught me, you know, kindness goes a long way. Um, there were so many amazing people in our lives that reached out to us and in Nixon and the generosity and love, um, from so many people, so many groups, um, you know, and that, that's a big thing. And then, you know, grit and determination, um, you know, he was, he had a lot of grit to just deal with what he had to deal with, um, uh, getting his leg amputated and, and then just battle back to be able to like, he just wanted to be normal again. You know, he wanted to run and be a kid again. And so that'd be another thing that, you know, no matter what, you just keep battling as long as you can, whatever you're dealing with in the adversity that you're facing, you know, most of the time, if you just keep grinding through it, you'll get through it. And so those are some top lessons for me, um, you know, and, and that, that we all have challenges in life. It's really like how you deal with it and cope with them is what's really important. And so no matter what, nobody's going to get through life without facing challenges and adversity and something, whatever it is. Um, they're going to have them. And it's the way that we learn to deal with that adversity and come out on the other side. And so um, to me, that was a big lesson that he taught me of the way he, you know, dealt with everything that he was thrown at and how that how I should deal with that in my own life. And so those are kind of some of the life lessons that he he taught me and kind of the perspective from going through that that it gave to me. I'd have to say probably the same, just like the grit that he had of just going through life and going through those treatments that he went. I mean, it's, it was just mundane and just having to keep going in for, you know, going into the hospital and getting your shots and getting your chemotherapy and going through, um, just trying to figure out how to walk with his leg and doing everything with that. Like he just kept grinding, um, going through all of his radiation. Like I remember him hating to get the tattoos for radiation and he just did it. Like he just grinded and just kept going. And I think that's one thing like I've taken away is like, like life was life's tough and life is hard, but you just, just keep grinding. Like just keep going and don't, don't give up. And same thing. It's just creating joy or making joy in your life when things are hard. Um, he did that. He was always have a joke on his face, always making people laugh or being silly or being creative and just always loving life. And so even though we could have hard times in life to figure out where that joy is or where that love is, and if you can't find it, then create it and make it and just, just keep going. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I feel like kids are pretty, I don't know, they're amazing. They're resilient. And when we'd be in the hospital with Peyton, cause we'd gone back a bunch of times and even after he would get like a surgery, um, like for a shunt or something, he would just bounce back. Like, I feel like adults, we just think, Oh, we're sick. We're in the hospital. We should be sad and depressed. And yeah. kids are like, you know, it's, they can have hard moments and Peyton would, but then he would just be like happy and smiley and just want to go on a wagon ride or whatever. Like, and you'd see other kids out there and they had, yeah, just gone through, a surgery or chemo or whatever it is. And they would, I'd be like, wow, this is such a, you know, and the nurses would say, we just love working with kids because of their resilience and what they teach us by bouncing back and just finding the joy. Even when you're in the hospital, you can, you know, so they're good examples to us. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I agree. 
Awesome. (laughs) Well, thanks. This has been such a good conversation and I'm excited. I hope that we can help you guys have some new, um, like donations and just things to help build up your foundation because it sounds amazing. So thank you guys guys for having us because anything we can continue to do to just create more awareness about, you know, what it does and how we can continue to grow so we can continue to help. That's, that's for us what we want to do, you know? So thank you. Then the more people it helps. Yep. hundred percent. So we appreciate you guys having us on. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. I know that that's, yeah, it's a lot of hard work to run a nonprofit. I've yeah. (laughs) So just that in general is, you know, I've heard it's super hard. So then yeah, I'm imagining that's a lot to balance. Yeah, and I know the baseball tournaments, you know, it's a lot going into that and just the organization oh, yeah. of it all. So a lot of sacrifice on your part to help all these other families and kids. So it's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. So Thank you. Yeah. So at the end of all our interviews, just with our title being Beautiful Shifts, we always ask how you find beauty in life uh, after going through this transition in your life. I would have to say one of my big things is just perspective, like keep, keep in perspective of what's going on. I think it's easy to always look to your left or right and see somebody or see something and be like, oh, they have it easier. They have it better. But one thing I've always, even when Nixon was sick, I've always thought there's somebody who has it better than you and there's somebody who has it worse than you. So just Keep grinding and just keep going with what you've got and don't worry about everything else, the crazies that's going on the side. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a good one. I'd say no matter what, like, I mean, our winter's here. It feels like you're different. <laughs> as long as it's raining and, you know, my perspective on, on that would be, you know, you're going to have cloudy, dark days, but the sun's eventually going to shine. So you just, uh, you know, you can't, you can't bury yourself underneath like the clouds forever. Um, you have to find the sunshine and sometimes it, it takes some work, but, um, I'd say that no matter what the sun does come out and, um, it's our, that's part of what we have to do in life is look and find the sunshine even amidst the storms that happen. So, um, that, that's kind of what I'd say. And that's all too often we want easy things in life, but it's not always that way. And sometimes, again, no matter how hard things get, the sun will always shine and there's, there's things that we can find that will help us along the way. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, and it is a good analogy for today with this yeah. snow. <laughs> the never-ending winter. Yeah, April 3rd. I know. <laughs> yeah. Under a storm watch, we all are waiting, yes. waiting for the sun. Although I did see like a week from now, it's supposed well, to be nice. Yeah. It's supposed to be like 70. Finally, so finally we might be able to play baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even in, we're going to Vegas for baseball and it's not even supposed to be warm. I'm like, of course. I know. Find, yeah. Warm somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please, please. So please. that's a good analogy. Cause sometimes when you're in it, it's hard to yeah. first oh, imagine yeah. that it is going to, you're going to see the sun or, you know, that it's going to get better, but somehow, I don't know. It's weird. You can hang on. Yeah. Yeah. It will come. Yeah. yeah. Work through it. Yeah. 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 I sure. love that. Grit is like our family's because our last name's Garn. So that's our family motto, actually. Garn grit. Like that's awesome. You gotta, Garn grit, never quit. Like you got to just grind through it and work hard. And, and here's a really cool, I should actually look it up. There's a super grit is a cool word and it has a really cool definition. It's not just grinding through or whatever, but it's like, I, I don't have time to look, but like it, it, through adversity, it's not just 
and in the good times work hard, but it's like when you can find the grit during the, the working hard and getting through it during the adversity that mm-hmm. makes grit grit. Yeah. <laughs> or what yeah. it really makes is, it so. meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's a good word. Um, yeah. for sure. So anyway. All right. Oh yeah. It says grit is a personality trait possessed by individuals who demonstrate passion and perseverance toward a goal, despite being confronted by significant obstacles and distractions. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. Yeah. So it's a good, good, lots of good perspectives and takeaways. So we appreciate you sharing your story and um, yeah, I feel like almost like honored that I was able to like, like know Nixon a little bit and just see his, he really is like, I, that's a perfect, just happy and did have grit. And he was always like, you know, once he had his leg amputated and his surgery, like, I don't know when I saw him, he was just working hard. Didn't really want help. Like I got this type of attitude and it's so true. It's a really good example to all of us. So yeah, the good example of him and that is. Have you seen the baseball video of him when he had two strikes on him and he mm-hmm. like, yeah, the first I time ever going back on the field and, you know, he just kind of slams his bat on the plate and then hits it. It was awesome. Cause it was kind of just the way he was, you know, like that's, he just did what he had to do when he needed to. And he always, he always just grinded through. So it was awesome. He was a great example of that. Yeah. That was a cute video. Yeah. He got his hit and ran yeah. to the first yeah. base. Oh, cute. <laughs> awesome he's such a cute kid too i love seeing your pictures and we'll post those on our account for anyone listening and also link over to their foundation so you Mm -hmm. can get more information and how you can get involved so yeah 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 you guys are very a cute family and a good example to all of us i know your other boys are just good boys and good examples to lots of kids and love having you part of our community and yeah well thanks that's so kind of you guys appreciate you thanks for having us on thank you thank you thank you so much for listening today we hope you enjoyed this conversation and would love if you subscribe to the podcast and followed along as we continue hearing more inspiring stories you can also follow us on instagram at beautiful shifts podcast where we will post updates with our latest interviews We'd like to thank the band We the Lion for giving us permission to use their beautiful song Move Along for our podcast. Take a minute to listen to the song and the lyrics and enjoy. I find a way to know myself All my thoughts are mine again And begin to understand where to go Now it's time to move along Now it's time to move along Take this journey as my own Feel the strength right in my bones All I want is to believe Life is my own Life Journey